Welcome to another episode of A Soap Maker's Tale. I'm your host, Zakia Ringold of LiveSoapSchool.com. And this podcast is for makers and would-be makers alike. Listen in and get inspired with lessons learned building a handmade business. This week, we have Emily Bonifay of Viera Naturals all the way from the Philippines to share her maker's tale. Learn how a business process audit led her to natural skincare, importing, and more as Emily shares her story and lessons learned growing her handmade business. Welcome, Emily. Can you introduce yourself to the listeners along with your favorite products to make? Hello, this is Emily Bonife of Viera Naturals. I love making massage oils, bath and body oils. So as the title of the podcast implies, this is all about a maker's tale. And every maker has a getting started story. So could you tell us, how did you get started with your handmade business? I stumbled into soap making and later on doing natural personal care products from one of my business process audit projects that I was doing for a local soap making company. My curiosity was picked because I discovered that you can make soap from the most basic ingredients from your kitchen or make the most luxurious bar from oils that you know I I did not know existed. Uh, the possibilities of handcrafting is limitless, you know, and endless. You are just bound by your imagination. And um, at the beginning of this interview, I remember I said that bath and body oils are my favorite because um, oils are healing for me, um, physically and spiritually. And I think I did not find crafting. I think my craft found me. Yeah, they truly are limitless. Um, I remember your session in particular at the Virtual Soap Summit. Um, Guys, if you don't know, Emily was a speaker at the Virtual Soap Summit, and she did one of the most amazing, timely sessions on reusing um, cooking oil for your handmade soap, which was very popular and still to this day something that I refer back to when I'm thinking, hmm, can I use that old fish cooking oil? And Emily to- taught me that the answer to that is yes. So Emily, um, how did you know that you were ready to go into business? Well, I didn't know that I was ready to start a business until I found myself actually doing it. Um, months after I take, I took my class in soap making, I started doing bazaars um, in the malls and when my friends would, you know, ask me to just sell them stuff, my soap, and then, you know, it's like a word of mouth. So my friends would say, oh, you're a soap maker now, so maybe you can send us samples and stuff like that. So I would tell them, no, um, you can buy, and then I would give you samples. <laughs> so I think being a supply chain practitioner myself, uh, I know that, you know, there's no free lunch, you know. But anyway, so there's a lot of a lot of conversation going on for natural personal care products, but 
the one thing that stands out is the lack of suppliers here in the Philippines or sources, reputable sources for natural for natural ingredients. So I took it upon myself that whenever I would travel locally and overseas, I would check the local market if there are ingredients that I can take home and bring here in the Philippines so I can share them with my co-soap makers. So aside from making soaps, I started selling the ingredients. And later on, I did like vetting of suppliers just to make sure that we are getting the real thing, especially with essential oils and herbs and you know the oils that we are using for our soaps so i think yeah when that particular exercise has been going on for like three years already and i joined one of i think it's like an expo already i met um, people from the department of trade and industry and potential clients as well so one of the clients asked, are you a registered business? Do you have official receipts? So I said, yes, I'm working on it. And then what he said was, okay, as soon as you've established yourself, you have you know, all your documentations aligned and registered, then you come back to me and present your product. So that was the trigger actually of formalizing the business. This was in 2018. So from just like a like a like a pastime or part-time thing or doing just like a hobby thing, it's now evolved into a formal business where a network of suppliers, a network of people that I can reach out to for anything, um, you know, for referrals for another supplier, if I'm looking for other products, for other ingredients. And sometimes, you know, friendships develop um, out of this network. And so what I can say is that when I stopped asking if I'm ready for the business, that was a time that, yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that. Hey, send me a sample. But I love how you said no free lunch and your ability to lean into your supply chain experience to really understand that there is a cost associated with everything. So I think that's really insightful. But then also your ability to see a need and fill it to source those quality ingredients like the butters, the oils, or herbs, like all of those things that are needed. And I think a lot of us here in the States take for granted our ability to just get these ingredients so readily. Um, and so you actually built a network of not only business partners, but friends. I'm, I hope I'm included in those friends, um, but you, you truly are inspiring in that way. So you decided, so you stopped asking the question, am I ready? And so then what kind of challenges did you start to face as you were building your business? As a business owner, there's a laundry list of challenges that we face every day. 
like um, first it is not true that you own your hours that you can work short hours because as a business owner you breathe and live your business every hour you know even if you're taking a shower driving a car doing your shopping or having your nails done your hair done what's in your head is your business for me i think the most challenging part would be compliance um government requirements and of course you know uh the bureaucracy that is attached to it second would be of course capital without which you cannot do anything or put up a business without this to align together so even if you have a lot of money but you're not compliant for me that's not a business you know and if you are compliant and you don't have the money <laughs> there's no business to speak of so i think the challenge would be again as i said you know the bureaucracy the government rules the law the compliance part of it funding and finding the right people to work for your business and i think as a business owner you have to embody the organization like embody meaning you know you model the values that you'd like your organization to stand for what are your advocacies what are your values are you just driven by profit what is your motivation so there's a lot of everyday things that you know come up and then that's the time you decide whether this is a challenge or an opportunity or just you know leave it there wait it out so yeah the challenge i think is for business owners to be true to themselves and to be totally committed to the organization that they'd like to put up wow there's a lot to unpack there you hit on compliance you hit on capital employees as well as the ethos or the value system of your company you also busted that huge myth that likes to go around which is if you own your own business you pick your own hours and as you stated emily there is not a time as a business owner where at some point you're not thinking about even if you're not putting something into practice whether you're in the shower using one of your amazing products driving any of those things you are constantly thinking about what needs to happen in your business or what you need to delegate so i'm glad that you busted that myth and also for all of you that are listening no matter where you are there are government regulations around what it is that you are doing in your business and if you're not staying in compliance with that you run the risk of your business being shut down, fined or anything like that. So make sure you are aware of what those compliance requirements are and 
try and work towards making sure that you stay in compliance, whether that be with registration, fees, manufacturing processes, how you can or cannot label your products. Hopefully you are not someone that's saying your soap can cure eczema in the United States anyway, because you do make it difficult for other makers and for those people that are advocating um, for the industry. So just to kind of stay in that vein of challenges, we all face them, but how have you been able to successfully overcome those challenges? So I did overcome the challenges. So I'm speaking pre-pandemic situation where at the time that we were registering the business, uh, my contract for my overseas work ended, and then uh, I had the time to do it to do everything myself. So I'm the messenger of the company as well as the managing partner and the formulator of the company. So everything rolled into one. So I did that. Uh, the registration with the revenue office getting our official receipts, doing the marketing, and all the compliances uh, met at the time of the registration, the basic minimum requirement. With regard to the funding, I have several partners who entrusted me with their money. So I've put up some inventory and started selling um, ingredients and soap through bazaars and online stores. I think the key to overcoming these challenges or any challenge for that part is to take action. You know, some sometimes we find ourselves just, you know, conceptualizing things and thinking, oh, this is a solution for this, this is a solution for that. Until we find ourselves facing the same situation because we did not take the necessary action to complete or overcome the challenge. So I think in any problem or challenges that we face in our businesses, it is really to think things through and put them into action. I think it is our commitment that would help us overcome any challenge that we face. Whether this is for our business, for our customers, for our suppliers, the commitment to take things through and put them into action, getting things done, actually is for me the key to, you know, overcome these challenges and find opportunities within them. You see, every challenge is not a problem. It's just like a solution disguised as a challenge. I think sometimes the monster looks different, you know, or sometimes you think an opportunity is an opportunity, but it's not. So the way we look at things, the way we compel ourselves to move and act are ways to overcome any challenge. 
Emily, that's golden. You're talking about perspective, um, committing to it and getting out of your head to do something about it, to overcome those challenges and looking for the opportunities that may be hidden within those obstacles. And then most importantly, not every opportunity is truly an opportunity. So let's um, shift gears a bit and talk about what is it that you look forward to when you wake up in the morning? What are some of those things that light you up um, about being a business owner? Whether that be just you personally interacting with your customers, what are those things that keep you motivated in business? One of my best experiences as a business owner is the realization that I can do it. You know, that's boosting my self-confidence and thinking to myself that overcoming the fear of owning a business is just that, just fear. And as you go through the pains and the joys of owning a business, you have this feeling of contentment and aside from that that feeling of helping others make their dreams come true like when i held several workshops and my students would say to me I didn't know I can do this. Oh, I didn't know that I have the capacity to do this. And this is such a discovery, you know. So those experiences, the way I make others, people feel about what they do, what they can do, as well as experiencing going through the, the fear and anxiety of establishing your own business. So you also have that opportunity to fail and learn. And then when you go back up, you say, oh, I've done this. I think maybe I can try another thing or another venture. So I think when you are able to break through, the first time of establishing or owning a business, you gain more self-confidence. You gain more self-esteem. And you appreciate yourself more that I can build things. And I think you, Zakia, is a very good example of this. You know, you started a lot of ventures and actually... You know, riding on that energy of creating, building up, regardless of any hindrances or, you know, situations. You always find yourself creating and building businesses. You know, I never thought about the constant um, fear and anxiety that we go through. Like, it's there and it's ever-present. But then the outcome is that self-confidence and building of the self-esteem. And so I 
first of all, thanks for the eureka moment. Um, I'm sure it was hiding there all along, but to hear you articulate it in that way and explain how one thing leads to another and how that unlocks something that we're maybe not even aware of is, is really, really helpful. And so um, if you think back again to when you first got started or some of those lessons learned that we've been talking about, what is a piece of advice you have for fellow makers or newbies or even people who have been at it for a while? Um, one tough question there. My advice would be to go into the business wide awake, you know, um, I did mine, like, there's a lot of things in my head that I can do this, you know, the passion, the, the inspiration, it's overflowing. And then when things go wrong, that's when you are tested. So... When you go through that process of thinking whether you would open your own business, you know, go to it with your eyes wide open, with your heart wide open, because anything can happen. Anything can happen. You can just go to like one bazaar and then you will find a customer who will build your business from that order. Or you will go to a bazaar and go home with a lot of heartache. No one bought your products. So be aware that everything is not rosy, is not happy or clean. When you jump, just go all in. All in as in all in even the the most you know i mean the thinnest strand of your hair don't allow it to leave when jump and always find the joy in everything whether it's difficult delayed or you don't have any money anymore just have that certainty that faith that where you need to be, you will always find your place. Always believe in yourself. Again, certainty, belief in yourself going to it wide open, eyes wide open, that anything can happen. And always, you will find yourself managing to land on your feet, no matter how you stumble. The first person who will believe in that business is you. So you better believe it. I'm going to have to quote you on that. Eyes wide open and heart 
wide open. I think they are some true, true words of wisdom that you have shared. And I have one last question for you. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience? One last piece of advice that you could give them as a business owner? Well, additional thoughts, um, whatever you think, just do it. You know, you can always daydream of things that you'd like to do, the business that you'd like to put up, things that you'd like to accomplish. The next best thing to do is act on it. Okay? You will always find yourself where you need to be. Well, that's it for this week's episode of A Maker's Tale. A special thank you to Emily Bonifi of Vieira Naturals. What I really took away from her insight is that even when we think it's just something we are experiencing, others are probably going through similar challenges. And how we respond and act on challenges will determine where we go next. Thank you, Emily. And links to Emily's website will be in the show notes at livesoapschool.com. I'm your host, Zakia Ringold, inviting you to go out and build something amazing. Thanks for listening.